Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Arts Podcast, and here we are today with the special Trebekah Podcast. So it's, I like to call it the Trebekah Spectacular, because uh, we're going to talk about all the movies that we saw at the Trebekah Film Festival. Um, so have, have this be your resource for what's good and what sucks. So uh, I'm Jeremy Grossman. I'm the film editor. I'm here with Bob Teo, Isabel Jones, and Ife Alujobi, and uh, they are all my writers uh, who are covering this year's Trebekah Film Festival, and we've seen a bunch of movies, so we're very excited to talk about it with all of you. I'm going to go through a list of things that we've seen. So I'm going to start with VHS 2, which was probably the movie I was most excited, I was most looking forward to at this year's festival. I saw the first VHS when it came out last year, and um, the suspense was very high for that one because it's a very experimental kind of horror film. It's It's an anthology film, all done through found footage film, so it's several short films done through found footage and, and it was just the suspense was high because it looked very scary it looked like something really creative and something that you that we'd never seen before but what it ended up being was actually pretty boring and all the movies were actually pretty uncreative and just not just not at all as as, as interesting as they should have been uh, so I just came into VHS to really hoping that they fixed the format and that they um that they just fixed all the kinks, all the many things that were wrong about about these movies. And to my surprise, it, uh, VHS 2 was a huge improvement over the first one. Um, there were less shorts than there were in the first one. There were only five short movies in this one compared to six in the last one. Uh, and that definitely gave it more time for the movies to be a bit longer, for them to be... to just And they just seemed like they took their time more, they weren't rushing, uh, and, and they were just... Scarier, they were just better. And um, so, Bob, what do you think about VHS 2? Yeah, I've never seen the first one, but I really like VHS 2. It's definitely entertaining. Um, each short film showcased a different kind of horror as we know it. You know, there are zombies, um, aliens, and ghosts. And each character has his own style, and there's like fluctuating between horror, and there was like funny moments, and we did drag us back to horror, and it was just really well balanced out. And I think, would you agree with me that Safe Haven was the best short? Definitely. Safe Haven was amazing. Uh, I think once everybody sees this movie, they're gonna... I I just can't imagine that that it won't be unanimous, that Safe Haven, which is the short in the second movie, which is about an evil, mysterious cult, I I just was so shocked at how great this short was. It it was absolutely like... it, It was crown jewel of this whole series. It was just so scary. It was freaky. They were just... They were just a lot of surprises, a lot of twists. It was just... I was blown away by this short. But I was actually surprised by really pretty much all of the shorts. They were all really well made. And I, I was very impressed. Do you so, know who directed the Safe Haven one? Do you remember? The, it's the Indonesian director who did the, the, the action movie that came out last year. The Raid Redemption. Raid Redemption, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Which I did not see. So. But I, I heard people really it, liked it. Yeah. So, But yeah, that's who directed that one. And... Uh, I predict very good things. It should be made into its own movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought the same Seriously. thing. It could have been its own movie. Yeah, I absolutely amazing. agree. Uh, yeah, so let, now let's talk about um, one of my favorite movies that I saw at the festival, Prince Avalanche, directed by David Gordon Green, who last we heard from him, he did The Sitter, which uh, which is not, I don't know about you guys, but from what I heard, it was not that great. Um, now, has anybody here seen Snow Angels? No? Yeah. Alright, well, Snow Angels is one of my favorite movies. It's a, uh, you know, it's an indie movie, very, very quiet drama. And David Gordon Green was known for these dramas, these, 
these mm. really these really good indie movies before he did Pineapple Express, which was a big hit, uh, very funny. Uh, but then he just got into uh, then he did Your Highness and The Sitter, and I don't know anybody who likes that. <laughs> so I think that the, what the big question with this movie, Prince Avalanche, was is is it like is it like indie drama or is it stupid comedy? And um, stars Paul Rudd and Neil Hirsch, um, and and I think what I found was that it was, well, it was a comedy drama. It was not strictly comedy. It was not strictly drama. But it was it was actually very good. It was great. It was not stupid at all. It was very funny, not ridiculous. It was not goofy. It was it was a comedy, but it was very mature. Uh, what do you think, Ife? Um, well, I have not seen Snowy Jewels, but I did see All the Real Girls, which mm, is another yeah. film that he did, and I liked that a lot. That was very like drama dramatic as well. But, I don't know, I think Prince Avalanche definitely combined the best elements of, like, the dramatic sides and his comic sides. And, like, just a, a lot of the lines were funny. Like, a lot of Emil Hirsch's lines were funny because he's just, like, in the forest, like, being horny. But um, I felt like just a lot of, like, there were a lot of visual stuff that was really funny as well. Just sort of the fact that they kind of look like Mario and Luigi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're kind of, like, chasing each other through the forest. But um, also visually, it was really beautiful. Like, it was really gorgeously shot. And, like, nature was, like, a huge component of it. And, um, yeah, just, like, the characters interacting with nature, I thought it was really great. I was really impressed by the two of them. They, the two of the leads. Um, they, they just, I don't know. I, I don't know how often I've seen Paul Rudd be dramatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's happened. But I'm just, <laughs> like, I know it's happened, but... But he just did a very... I thought they were really good, because I feel like their characters could have turned into, like, parodies. Because they were both kind of, like, he was, like, the straight-laced one, and he was kind of, like, the wild, crazy one. But, like, I felt like they were both very, like, honest, so it didn't seem like they were making fun of the characters. Absolutely. They had great chemistry. They they worked very well together. Uh, And it was just... It was a really, really well-done movie. Um, One of my favorites at the festival, so... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so definitely try to see that if you can. And then we got At Any Price, which stars Dennis Quaid and Zac Efron. Uh, what did you think about this one, Ife? Um, uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, there was just, like, a lot going on for me. I thought there were, like, some unnecessary characters in it, and I don't really know if I liked a lot of the characters, which I think is kind of the point, but I don't know. Like, yeah. There is a lot going on in this movie. Yeah. Sometimes it was hard to keep track of of what exactly they were doing. But the reason I liked this movie, I didn't love it, but I liked it, was because I actually thought the performances were really solid. Especially mm-hmm. from Zach Efron. I thought Zach Efron did great. I, <laughs> I, thought he yeah. did, I thought he did better, especially yeah. towards the end. I thought he yeah, better. and Dennis Quaid was, was really nice. Um, it, you know, it's about a family, and a lot of difficult things happen to this family, and I think that the actors pulled off well. I think the family dynamic between all of them really worked. Um, it's, yeah. It's kind of um, it's a darker movie than you might be expecting. It's mm-hmm. darker from something you would expect from Zac Efron. But I think that they all pulled it off really well. I thought it was good. I just I guess I just didn't like the mom and then the mm-hmm. like yeah. woman that they like cheated on. Yeah. Th- so Dennis Quaid's character. I just hated those yeah. two characters, but that was pretty much. Dennis Quaid's character was having an affair, but um, I actually liked the girl he was having an affair with. I, I didn't like that he was. Having, <laughs> I didn't like that he was having an affair. I get that straight. But but I just thought she added a lot of really kind of cool drama a lot of movies. I did I thought she was completely unnecessary like all she did was have sex with Dennis Quaid then have sex with Zac Efron and then spoiler that was it. Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler spoiler <laughs> alright um yeah but um 
It's worth a watch, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Alright, next, let's talk about Lil Bubbin Friends. Lil Bubbin Friends. Lil Bubbin Friends. I, if you like cats, then <laughs> I think that you should go see Lil Bubbin Friends, which, which I described as probably the most culturally relevant documentary that you will see this year. <laughs> because it's about the internet sensation Lil Bub. She's a cat. Uh, she's one of the internet's most famous cats. She, um, she's a little funny looking. Uh, her tongue, her tongue sticks out of it. She has osteoporosis. It's a bone disease. Uh, but she's adorable. Uh, and the documentary is about her and her adventures and how she rose to internet fame. But it's all, not just about her, but it's also about internet cats in general and how, how, how we, in today's modern age, we've come to glorify cats on the internet. <laughs> and, um, so the, the movie features appearances by Grumpy Cat, uh, Nyan Cat, the creator of Nyan Cat. Uh, am I saying that right? Nyan Cat? Yeah, Nyan Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, who else? Anyone else? Um, keyboard, keyboard cat. cat. Uh, so they just got they, they got all the cats in there, and <laughs> it's a really it's a really heartwarming documentary. Mm-hmm. I think um, if you love cats, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. you, you got to see this. I mean, you can't go yeah. wrong. I think even if you don't love cats, like I don't know, I was surprised. I was I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a silly documentary, and it'll be like fun, just like an hour. But it was actually. I don't know. Like I was like crying by the end. Yeah. I mean, just the connection that these people have with their cats, and not even their cats, with the internet phenomenon of cats. Like, I mean, it really brings a lot to their lives. And I don't know. Do you think it will win over cat haters? I think it could. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess it's really it's it's you know obviously if you have a cat you will probably enjoy it a little more, but um, which I do. But I think it's all, you can also see this movie and really, and you know, just think about your pets in general because, uh, Lil Bub was, is sick. Or she was sicker before and, and she, you know, there, there was a time when they thought she might not make it. So it's just, it's very relatable for anybody who's very felt, who's felt, you know, an emotional connection with your pet. Um, and it's, it's just really nice that, 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 the, that these cats can have this, this internet fame and it's just something really strange and surreal and, and very beautiful and I really like that the film just really just takes this really strange phenomenon and shows how how really kind of sweet it is so yeah but yeah. even like with the owner I mean little public like, sort of got him on the straight path economically like yeah like, saved his recording studio yeah little Bub's a hero yeah she's a superhero I mean it, the movie hints that there's something kind of magical about her. And I believe there is. There is. All right, let's talk about The Rocket. Um, Bob, you want to talk about The Rocket? Yeah, it's a a film by an Australian filmmaker, and he shot it on location in rural Russia. She's a woman, I'm sorry. Oh, she? Yeah. (laughs) Kim Kim Bordant. She shot it on... My apologies to Kim. On on location on... uh, in Laos, actually, and um, it's her first narrative feature. She previously did a film, a documentary about uh, Laos recovering from Vietnam War, where there are a lot of sleeper bombs, and that kind of conflict was always interesting to her. So she tried. I think in this film, she was trying to go for a different type of exploration of this topic. So it was just a really honest story about a kid who wants to, you know, prove his worth to his family. So he kind of puts itself in the line and it's about his journey throughout the countryside and it was surprisingly touching and they're like really hilarious moments 
And even though they're all, I guess, amateur actors, they're, they're a lot of, like, um, some of the most interesting characters I've ever seen, including the James Brown loving uncle, who's, like, just an awesome character, yeah. And yeah, this movie's made up of great characters. It's, you know, it's about, about a family, and, the, and what it happens is that the boy in the family is born a twin. And they have it in this, this sort of culture. They have this belief that when you're born, tw- when twins are born, one is born cursed and one is born lucky. So I think they're supposed to kill both twins, yeah. uh, just because, just because you don't know who the unlucky one is. But um, one of the twins dies, and they let the other one live. Um, and the grandmother believes, oh, he's unlucky, he's cursed. Uh, and then a lot of bad things happen to this family uh, through the course of the movie, which I won't spoil. But it does seem like he's cursed. So the movie is about his his goal to do something that proves that he's not cursed, and it all involves a rocket and um, and building this rocket, and that's where the movie gets its title. And it's 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 a very strong movie, I, and the acting I thought was was really great. And I just the 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 young boy in the lead role did a great job, and and it's a it's a beautiful movie, and the location is. Really nice. Yeah, it was shot on location, so like the scenery was just gorgeous. And the yeah. cinematography was great. Definitely, yeah. So really strong movie. A little long, but but it's worth it. Definitely worth yeah. it. Yeah. All right, let's move on to. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to Bending Steel. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Another documentary. Uh, this, uh, Bedding Steel is about, um, Chris Wonderschick, is that you say his name? Schick. 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 Chris Wonderschick, he is a strongman at Coney Island. Uh, what a strongman is, is one of the people who are, who are out of this world strong, who, uh, can lift things and do all sorts of things that, uh, that it seems impossible that any one person can do. And what, what he can do is he can bend steel. Um, so that's, that's his, that's his you know, trick. And the whole movie is about him working his way towards Coney Island and really, um, uh, and getting stronger and getting tougher. And, but what, uh, what's happening kind of underneath is that he really wants to prove himself to his parents who don't, who don't believe that, uh, that, you know, he can, that he has what it takes to be successful. And, and again, this is a documentary. It's a really, uh, Chris is a, is a really, is a really likable guy. And you really, you really follow his journey. And you want to see him succeed. He um, and and you know he's a, he's very strong, but lots of people are strong. So he he, he um, so it's not like he's just like this one famous guy out of the whole uh, out of he's like not like the strongest guy in the world. He he's like with a bunch of other people, and you learn how how he works with these other people, and and how he tries to get stronger so he can be as strong as these other people. Anything you want to say? Yeah, um, it's just a great example of something so sim- so simple, but it was at the same time the journey was really surprisingly emotional and really it has high and lows, and um, just the idea of bending steel, you know, taking something that's impossible and just conquering it through Chris's um, his own perseverance. And I mean, Chris was a small guy; he's like five, yeah. seven, six, and yeah. that's why they call him Wonder because he's able to, you know, bend steel, go up and just bend steel in front of everybody and prove himself. Who was worth? And you actually interviewed Chris. Yeah. So how was that? Uh, he was a great guy. Uh, and the filmmakers are great too, Dave and Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were all really, just like really excited about the their film and their project. Yeah. And Chris. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great movie. It's a very great. Movie. 
I didn't realize like the strongman game was such like a big deal. Yeah, like yeah. being on Coney Island, that's like yeah, I don't know, that's weird. <laughs> Part of the film was about how like it's been lost for a couple for like yeah. a few decades, and like they're bringing it back to Coney mm-hmm. Island. Right. All right, let's talk about foreign film. Will you still love me tomorrow? Um, they're from Taiwan, right? Taiwan, yes. Um, Arvin Chen, who is a director I've never heard of, however. I will say that Arvin Chen, it seems like he's been making movies for years because this movie, it's only his second feature film, but it seems like he just has such a great grip on what he's doing. He just has such a, he's, he's so aware of his style and, 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 um, it just, it just seems like he's one of the greats. Like Quentin Tarantino, I just, it just, if, yeah, if I didn't know better, I would have thought something like that. What do you think? Definitely. No, it was, it was a beautiful film. Um, very well done. Very sad. But, um, yeah, very aesthetically pleasing. It was really interesting how he, he intermixed, like, fantastic elements into the narrative. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I know nothing about ta- Taiwan, so it was interesting. Yeah, you know, you don't, you don't even need to. It's, it's a very funny movie. It's about modern-day marriages, and it, it focuses on a couple. They're married, uh, they're a middle-aged couple, and, and the husband is actually closeted gay, uh, gay man, and his wife has no idea. And so he gave up a lot by marrying a woman. And he's starting after he runs into an old gay friend of his. He starts, he starts, um, you know, re- regretting what he gave up. And he cheats on his wife. He falls in love with a man. She has problems of her own. She's very dissatisfied with her job. Um, it's but you know, as depressing as this sounds, it's a really funny movie. And if this movie was made in America, it would have been so depressing. I just know it would have been. Right? Have you, you've seen American Beauty, right? Yeah. The, 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 what do you think of American Beauty? What do you think? I love it. Okay, good. You should see this movie. I think it's, I even, know, I I think it's even better. Yeah. I, I think it's even better. I want to during the festival. <laughs> uh, you, you, Isabel, have you seen American Beauty? I haven't. Okay, you should see it. Um, I honestly think that I would have loved to have seen Arvin Chen direct American Beauty. Because <laughs> American Beauty, it's a funny movie. It's a... But it's a very serious movie, and you really hate a lot of those characters in that movie. Mm. You hate them, and you end up kind of very depressed. Uh, but this movie, it's not like... You might end up a little depressed, too, but at the same time, you really like these characters, and you yeah. want them to be happy, even as they do things they shouldn't be doing. You want them to be okay. You want you want them to, to find what it is that they're looking for. Would you agree, Eva? Yeah. Did you hate anybody in the movie? I don't think so. Um, I really like the characters. Yeah, I wasn't like a huge fan of like his gay friend, the photographer. Yeah. But aside from that, yeah, it's a pretty strong character development. I mean, they have a lot of like they have a lot of self discovery they need to do. They need. They, I think a lot of these characters in the movie are very confused and they don't know a lot of the times what the right thing that they should do in order for them to be happy because mm-hmm. you know he, the man he he has a son he has a wife and the question is like. Am I gonna throw that all away to, for for to get with this boy that I have a crush on? Uh, so a lot of these really tough questions. It's a very it's a very a lot of tough subject matter, mm-hmm. but I think Arvin Chen handles it really well with so much humor and um, and it's it's just and that's not to say that the movie like shies away from the topics. It handles the topics very well mm-hmm. in just a way that I don't think American directors would. I, I think that that. Um, I don't know, but also it feels like it's it's a movie that that 
it's issues that relate to America too. Even though it's a Taiwanese film, it's an issue that it's all. It's I felt like this story could happen in America yeah, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right, let's talk about Run and Jump, which I believe um, Ife and Isabel have all seen. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Run and Jump, the dramatic debut of Will Forte, Saturday Night Live <laughs> alumni. So, what did you all think of Will Forte's role in this movie? I thought it was really interesting to see him play that kind of role. I thought he was great. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was pretty solid. Like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, I think you. I think I talked to both of you, and I think Isabel liked it, and I think Eva didn't. Is that right? Did it? No, I liked it. I just, I liked it. I thought it was just kind of. It was a little bit slow, and then I just really didn't like the father character. Yeah. Um, Not even just like his character. I just. I don't know. I just didn't really yeah. like his acting. Well, let me talk a little bit about the plot. It's yeah. about you know a father of a family. Goes in, is in a coma, and he comes out of the coma, and he's a shell of his former self. Like, he's not, he's not all there, and he's actually kind of mean. And he's mean to his family, and he's especially mean to his gay son, calling him uh, really mean gay slurs, and he's just a real, very unpleasant to have in the house. And Will Forte's character is uh, a documentary filmmaker filming this experience, and what happens is that he, the family actually starts to really appreciate him and treat him as the father figure that they need. Uh, the wife has feelings towards him. The children. Um, was there was there, there was there a daughter? Yeah, yeah, there was a daughter. Yeah, I remember yeah. the son, the daughter. The children start. I think they believe, they start to view him as a father. Um, and you know, it's a really kind of tough, tough situation. It's not. It's not at all like silly. It's a very very serious movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Will Forte did a great job. And I agree that the father character was. Not likable at all. That's kind of the point. But not even. Yeah. I didn't. It wasn't that he wasn't likable. I just didn't like like the actor. Like I thought oh, his really? acting was like really bad. And like, yeah, I just didn't believe him at all. Fair yeah, and I mean, like yeah. he was mean. Like that was the point. I just I like, didn't believe his character. It's a really emotional movie. It, um, it's another really strong family dynamic movie. Uh, and there's a lot of surprises. A lot of things you might not expect in this movie. A lot. A lot I know. It went in a direction that I was not expecting. I think it takes a little while to really get into the family and really understand yeah. their relationships with each other and what's going on in their head. But I think by the end of it, um, you really form some kind of really interesting bond with these people. Probably not the father because he's very he's very unlikable. Yeah. But with everybody else, I really, I really yeah, especially it. the mother. I thought she was great. She I love the mother. Amazing. I thought she, she was. Really, I thought she was great. awesome. She Will Forte was great. The whole cast was great. Uh, I, I thought, but I think the mother actually was the best part. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, she kind of had to carry. I mean, everyone in the family in the film, but also kind of like the whole film. Yeah, she she did carry she did. most of the film. Yeah, so good for her. Next, um, next up, we're going to talk about Big Bad Wolves. All right. Alright, next we're going to talk about Big Bad Wolves, uh, which is an Israeli film. Uh, really bloody, really gross, uh, really intense. It's about a girl goes missing, a little girl goes missing, um, and she's found in the woods with her head chopped off. Uh, it's disgusting. It's, it's a disgusting <laughs> movie, but I, I gotta tell you, it's a very, I think it's a really well-made movie. It's suspenseful. It's, it's I mean, yeah, it's... Obviously, I mean the way I just said it makes it sound depressing, and not that it isn't, but it's a really, it's a really intense, high, high-paced movie, and it's about the um, a bunch of people trying to figure out who killed her. They think it might be this man. 
in the town. Uh, they're, they're pretty certain that it's a man in the town who they believe has been kidnapping a bunch of children. Um, but they're, uh, I, I don't want to give too much away, but just these people are so certain that it's this one man. And, and then a lot of things get revealed, a lot of twists come out, and um, yeah, so what do you think, Ethan? Um, I agree, it's very intense. I don't know if I agree if it's like fast paced. I felt like it was like good paced until they got to like the interrogation scene, yeah, they sort started, of, yeah. and then it kind of slowed down. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was a little bit repetitive, but like, other than that, I thought it was really interesting and um, kind of like the same thing with you were talking about Will You Love Me Tomorrow. I think this is like very different because it's like an Israeli film and that like. The, the like bursts of like comedy that they put in there like I don't know like random guys like talking on the phone to their wives about like what they're gonna eat for dinner or, yeah. like so I thought that they're was beating somebody yeah like, like, yeah so yeah there were definitely like little moments like that where it's kind of just like you know uh, but um yeah I thought it was interesting I think that you know yeah I think there was a certain level of like mystery to everything that was cool and like even at the end, still, I think there was, like, still sort of some mystery, so... I don't know exactly how I feel about that yet, I don't know, but... <laughs> uh, if there, I, I think what you said, you said something really, really interesting. Uh, if there's anything I've learned, I've picked up on this festival, from the festival so far this year, it's that the, a lot of these foreign films, they blend genres together way better than American films do. Like, this movie in particular, Big Bad Wolves... Mm-hmm. Uh, if this was an American movie, it would have just been very crime, very serious, very tough. But this movie, it has all that, but it's very funny. It's very funny and kind of a strange, sick sense of humor. Um, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's not, and it's, and, but it's also incredibly gross and terrifying. And yeah. so, and I just, I don't think that could have ever, they would have ever made a film like that here in America. Same with Please Still Love Me Tomorrow. Like you said, it's, uh, it's a, a movie about a really serious topic, and they make it so funny. So, and I just don't see that happening a lot here. Yeah, I agree. I, like it's kind of more like melodramatic, and I don't know. Maybe they're afraid that people would get offended, but like, I don't know. I think they did it pretty well in this film. So. Absolutely. I don't know what's wrong with it. What's wrong with this? And, can we get, more, can we get more, a good a good movie that's not what we're used to? All right. Next up, hide your smiling faces. Who saw that? I did. You did? Okay, great. Um, what did you think of this one? Um, I thought it was, uh, it was, like, very interesting. I, like, I did the interview with the director. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, nice. yesterday, and it, it went really well. He was really nice and very, I don't know, I, I was reading in the packet that they gave us that he, he said that he kind of thinks of, like, film more as, like, a dream sequence, sort mm. of, and, like, he understands that the, like, the movie doesn't really have, like, a solid narrative and that it was, like, a bu- bunch of just kind of, like, vignettes that he put together and, like, he thought some of them could have, like, been short films on their own and sort of... Yeah, so I guess that was his goal. So, like, <laughs> looking at it from that standpoint, I don't know, it's still, like, a lot to process and a lot to think about, but I thought it was really beautifully shot. I thought um, the two young actors were really good and just, like, very natural and, like, he just captured the experience of, like, being a child really well. Because, I mean, the film's about these two children, um, brothers, one of them's, like, 14, one of them's nine, and the nine-year-old, um, his friend runs into the forest one day, and, uh, he dies. Um, they don't really go into too much of, like, how he dies, but it's sort of the boys and their friends and their community trying to, like, deal with the death. I mean, specifically the brothers, but, um, yeah, just, like, death is sort of, like, the overarching theme of the whole movie, and... 
yeah, it's just sort of them trying to reckon with that, being young and being not really understanding what's going on. Yeah. Well, you said about the director, he's an NYU grad. Yes. Uh, Daniel Patrick Carbone, he, uh, what he said, he, he views movies as a dream. Um, I, that's, that's really a lot to, that's something very interesting to think about. Yeah. I'd say it was, I don't know if, if it clicked with me, but that's not to say I don't think it would click really well with a lot of other people. It's mm-hmm. definitely a beautiful film. It's just his, his style. I'm not sure if that, if that's something that I, I really love, but that doesn't mean I don't respect it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, again, it's a beautiful movie, a lot of really great little moments. Yeah. And then it's sure. just, it's a question, like, about grief. Like, when, when you, ha- how do you deal with grief? You, ne- you don't know how you're going to act. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and I think that is something he touched upon really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, like, like I said, just the theme of, like, childhood and, like, I don't know, he kind of said that it was about, like, remembering his childhood and how you kind of remember it incorrectly and things like that and, like... I don't know, I just thought it was just so, like, I felt, like, the youthfulness of it, I thought it was great. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, why don't we talk about Bluebird? Isabel oh, and I saw Bluebird. that. Bluebird, yeah. Why don't we talk about that? Um, Bluebird is, is a very sad movie. Um, another, another uh, here's a huge theme happening at your back, these, these family <laughs> dramas. A, a lot of really great relationships with these families. And this is another strong family drama. It's about a bus driver. She's a mother of a family, um, and she, she, you know, she has she's had this this job as a bus driver for twelve years. She's never done anything wrong. And she, one day, something happens that threatens her job. She does something very—I won't spoil it—but she does something almost unforgivable. That, uh, that I don't know if that's a spoiler. Cause that's like the whole point of the movie. Yeah, I, don't, I won't say okay. what it is, but she does something really. Very serious. Uh, it was a big mistake. It's a mistake she makes that uh, that threatens her life, threatens her her future, her whole family. It throws her whole family into chaos. Um, yeah. And what was her, what was her name? Amy Morton. Was that her Amy name? Morton. Amy Morton. Yeah. She she's not a big name actress at all. She's she's a theater act yeah. actress. Yeah. But she um, she she kills it. She does great. The whole cast is wonderful. John Slattery from Mad Men plays her husband, mm-hmm. um, and he. He does a really nice job, and, and what the movie shows you is her family dealing with the aftermath of this incident, but also it shows you the, the other people who are affected by the incident. Margot Martindale from Justified is in it, and she does another... Uh, she, she's superb in this. Uh, great cast. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was, again, like the pervasive theme of um, hopelessness. Yeah. It's happening a lot in these films. Um yeah, the performances were very authentic. Um, I loved it, but yeah, it's not really uplifting. It's not what you're looking for. It's a sad movie. Yeah, it's a it's a sad one, but but it could have been more miserable, and it could. Have, and I'm not saying it should have been. I think it was. I think it was. I liked it the way it was. Uh, it's a sad movie, but I think there's a lot of really nice, really nice uplifting moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, moments that. The whole movie, most of it is really hopelessness, like you said. But then there's a lot of these really small moments that are about hope, actually, like hope actually existing. It's like the, the whole movie is this whole mess of hopelessness, but there are these little moments of hope that come mm-hmm. through it. What do you think? I think uh, for me, like I think the the movie is about like the characters finding themselves. They're all just like so 
held back from reality that when this happens and all these emotions come out that they don't know how to deal with it and so it's like a really interesting transition yeah definitely all right let's talk about um sorry to say it's my least favorite movie of the festival <laughs> harmony lessons uh, Isabel, uh, we both saw that. Oh uh, Isabel, was it bad? Isabel, you can get off. Terrible. <laughs> I was oh going to see God. that. Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> uh, it's from Kazakhstan. The synopsis makes it sound very interesting. Um, teen bullying, you know, like yeah. you think harmony lessons, like they'll be, they'll be a nice harmonic <laughs> lesson. We're just a movie, um, a movie about some about joy. boys at a private school. I don't, I don't know. Some, a light at the end of the tunnel, but there is, there is no such light. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awful. So the film, it begins with this young boy killing a sheep, like in detail for like 10 minutes. I couldn't even watch. Mm-hmm. And that's just basically like the tenor of the film the whole way through. It's just, there's so much blood and vomit and cockroaches. And, and the plot is like no development. Like, it's just like there's some bullies and this boy's upset about that. And that's just like basically the entire film. Like nothing really happens. And you're just really depressed. Um, I, it's it's the strangest thing. There are you know there are a lot of movies that don't really follow like a, a like a narrative or a plot. We just talked about it with Hide Your Smiling Faces, but even more so like The Tree of Life or The Master. Yeah, these are movies that are kind of you know more experimental, more more challenge what you expect from a movie. But those are successful. <laughs> they, they they were successful, but I think at the very least, if you're gonna you know when you have movies like these. There must be something that you can get out of them. Still, like, even if there's not really a, a stand, uh, like a, a firm plot or characters, there must be something, something to get out of this movie. But this one, I'm, I'm just sorry, there was absolutely nothing out of it. I, I really, it was, it was, it was so long. It was so long. And I really, honestly, I don't think I could really tell you what happened in this movie. I really, I'm sorry, but I just, I really couldn't. Um, nothing a, happened. It, nothing happened. It's about boys in a private school, and there's bullies who, who were in control. And I, that's giving it more credit than it deserves because, because there's really less. It's really there's really less to it. it this mm-hmm. movie was all over the place. Uh, there were some really pretty shots, I guess. Yeah. But I'm sorry that wasn't. I'm sorry, but it wasn't enough. I'm not going to sit and watch this again. I'm not going to recommend it just because there were some pretty shots. Uh, it was. It wasn't even beautiful enough to, to really to even really recommend that. It's just. It's it, this movie. I just. I. I don't even know what. I, I'm sorry, but I just had no idea. What, it was Amir Begazin's first first feature. I, I, I looked up, mm. and I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't want to say it's just it. I don't know. I just I I just couldn't wait for it to be over. <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't care what was going to happen. Um, things that seemed like a plot, they were beginning a plot, would just get dropped right away. Um, things were brought up, you know, never never given any conclusion. And I, and you know, that, no, not everything has to have a conclusion, but it, it really just seemed like a bunch of random things, and not like Hydra Smiling Faces, where it's like a little, mo- some moments in, in these mm-hmm. boys' lives. It really just seemed like whatever the hell the director just threw in there. I hated that, like, we were so, like, separated from the film. Like, there's yeah. no, like, perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah, you're just, like, watching these You're just looking movies. at this. Yeah, thing, there's you're just no looking connection. at a thing happening on screen. It's just, yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw actually I saw a movie that this reminded me of at Trebek Film Festival two years ago. It's called Beyond the Black Rainbow. Has anyone heard of that? I think I've heard of it. Yeah, it's a very it's a very experimental kind of movie. It's it was it was inspired by like these eighties fantasy movies like Labyrinth. Anyone seen Labyrinth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like inspired like like that. 
Um, it, but it's a very, it's a very surreal, trippy movie. Um, and it's, it's like this where it's like you don't, you really have no idea what's happening. I didn't like it when I saw it, but compared to this, I prefer that movie because <laughs> because it's trippy, it's surreal, and it has this real creepy kind of vibe to it. And you and it's and it's at least an experience. But with this, I didn't, I couldn't even say it's an experience. I just say it's a chore. So yeah. So all right, next another one I saw with Isabel, The Broken Circle Breakdown. Yeah, um, probably the saddest movie. That was that so. It was yeah. not good to follow Harmony Lessons. Yeah, two um, two depressing movies that we saw in one day. Incredibly yeah. depressing. Yeah, but it was good. It was a good. Movie. It was beautiful. It was a good movie. Um, it's about um, it's about husband and wife, and they're in a band together. Mm-hmm. They have a child who has cancer, um, and, and I don't want to give away too much. But <laughs> the movie is about their response to the, their sadness that that comes mm-hmm. about. It's very. The movie goes to very, very, very dark places. The characters um, stoop very low, and it's not an easy. It's not an easy film. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. They they do a really good job of um, establishing the characters in their their relationship. They go mm-hmm. into how they met, and I mean, basically, like half the movie is about how they found each other and um, how they work together. But then, yeah, just. It, it's a very interesting juxtaposition of um, before and after, like after um, their child is diagnosed. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's the, the the two the two actors the the lead and, and the the girl plays their daughter. Um, they all do a great job. They yeah. they convey sadness so well. <laughs> the writing is very well, is very well done. Um, and I will say that the last the very last scene, without saying what it was. It's probably the best ending I've seen at Rebecca. It was just yeah. It, uh, it was probably the best ending of any of the movies I've seen so far. It it just you you won't you don't forget this ending. It was just like a really I'm like crying just thinking about it. I, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, really tough movie, but it, it was a good one. So this but, was not. I mean, yeah. the way they set it up, like you know, it's going. I mean, yeah, it's pretty sad from the beginning. Yeah. So it's not like you're like looking for hope. <laughs> so exactly, yeah. it works out. But uh, very well made. Well, I just went through all the movies that I know at least two of us have seen. So, is there any one that I haven't mentioned that anybody wants to talk about? Um, well, I saw Whitewash yeah. with Thomas Hayden Church, mm-hmm. and it was great because it's Thomas Hayden Church in all of his glory. And, I don't know, it's just basically about him. He is, he's one of those people who drives one of those, like, snow clear mobile thingies. It's, like, a really small one. But he's, like, in Canada, and he's just going through, and he hits a guy and kills him. And basically, that's where the movie starts, and it's all about... It's, like, a series of, like, flashbacks and flash-forwards to, like, he actually ends up... It, we find out that he, like, knew this guy beforehand, and then flashing forward to, like, how he's sort of trying to, like, cover his tracks and, like, deal with all of that. And most of the movie is just, like, him, like, in this, like, snowy, like forest like kind of hiding out and like trying to like figure out what his next move is but um he just he's like fantastic like it's just basically like this one-man show and you're like never bored because he's just so like entertaining like it's like a dark comedy but like i don't know like it is really dramatic and especially towards the end when you kind of like realize like what you know his intense circumstances but like he just he nails it and it was it was so great i really liked it Good. It sounds. It sounds. I wish I could have seen that one. Yeah, I was but, really. Uh, I couldn't make it. <laughs> Isabel, <clears throat> um, 
don't think any of the ones I saw alone were that compelling. <laughs> okay. Um, I saw a film called Hot Cuisine, which is about <laughs> the um, French president's uh, cook. That's fun. It was. It there was just no point. I mean, it was like very entertaining, and I enjoyed it. But um, yeah, at the end, you're like, why? Like, why was that film made? Like, I didn't need to know that story. And I mean, yeah, and it doesn't really go anywhere. But no, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first movie I saw was definitely worthwhile to check out. Byzantium, near Neil Jordan, who did Interview with the Vampire in 1994, and I feel like this. Film's gonna take the vampire genre back from Twilight and all its glory. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a it's a really gorgeously shot, like kind of fairy gothic fairy tale of a really wonderful cast: Cersei Ronan and Jim Arthur, mm. and they were just like beautiful. And the story was compelling. And the more you know about these two lead characters, who spoiler are, are vampires. Um, the more that, you know, everything crashes down and you have to face, like, difficult choices. And also Dark Touch, which I saw on Wednesday, was very interesting. <laughs> it's about furniture that comes to life, is that right? <laughs> it's about... <laughs> okay, it's about furniture that comes to life and kills people. And I know it's weird, but the point of this film is to explore child abuse. Okay. And child yeah, abuse? Child abuse. Oh, so, okay. Through Supernatural. And I guess it ties into the whole thing about, you know, melding genres because this French director wants to explore child abuse through Supernatural. And it was very, it's not for everybody. It's, gl- it's gory, there's a lot of blood, and it's really difficult to watch, but it's interesting. I want to see that. <laughs> uh, and then something I saw Elaine Stritch Shoot Me, which is a documentary about the actress Elaine Stritch who. You all may know best from Thirty Rock, but she, you know, she's also a very, very, very well-known theater actress. Um, and this movie will probably convince you that she's the best person in the world. <laughs> she's hilarious. She's great. This and and uh, it's it's a really wonderful documentary. It's a, it's fast-paced and, and fun and energetic, and it really captures her personality. Like the movie itself is just as much fun as she is, and they they highlight all. All her best moments, she says. She, I mean, she, she, the camera. She just works very well with the camera. She says things that are. She just says the craziest things. She and she's always forgetting her lines, and she doesn't even care. Like she, she's an old lady. She doesn't care if she forgets her lines. Right? And she just says like. I think at one point she says, "If I forget my lines, fuck it." And she's just so funny. It, I, I really like the movie, and also it features cameo appearances by Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin, uh, Tracy Morgan. Um, all of them show up, and and it's a really, really. It was the best documentary I've seen so far. Although I really did also love Little Bob and Friends. That was also great. But I really liked this documentary too. So before we go, I want us all to go around in a circle, and I want you to say what your favorite movie has been so far, and then I'm going to go back around and ask you your least favorite movies. Okay? So I want you all to think about that, and I'll start. We'll start with my favorite movie that I saw so far is Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? You gotta see it. Very, very funny, very serious topic, but the director handles it in such a, such a unique, hilarious way. Eva? Um, my favorite movie is probably still Prince Avalanche, just because it was really funny and dramatic, and like, it still gave you things to think about. Like, there were definitely some things that like, I'm still like, trying to like, figure out in the movie. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Isabel? Um, I think my favorite was actually Broken Circle Breakdown despite being tragically sad. Um, just, like, I think that the connection that the entire audience, I mean, everyone was crying. It was really great. Um, <laughs> it was it was a very well-done film. Um, the characters really stuck with you. Yeah. 
Bob? Probably the rocket, because it's such a simple non-stone, and you just, you just fall in love with all the characters in there. Yeah, definitely gotta watch it. Yeah, definitely. Alright, now let's go around and say our least favorite. My least favorite, hands down, Harmony Lessons, I'm sorry. <laughs> so long, such a waste of time. I would not recommend this on anyone, I'm sorry. Eva? My least favorite... I mean, honestly, all the ones I've seen have been pretty okay Good, so glad. far. But I, so, I mean, I guess my least favorite would probably have to be probably at any price. Just because I like, didn't hate it, but like of all the ones I've seen, it's probably like not my favorite. So. Okay, fair enough. Isabel? I'm with you on the Harmony last year. <laughs> oh, yes. Yep. Not harmonic. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob? Um, they're all pretty great, but Dark Touch, like, I gave kind of lukewarm review because... The ending was just confusing and really pointless. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I just had no idea what the hell was going on by the end of it. But the premise is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to end it by saying, you know, even though I did not love Harmony Lessons, and even though, um, you know, I asked you all to go around saying your least favorite movie, I will say, and I don't know if you guys agree, that this festival has been pretty, for the most part, really good. Yeah. And I've, most of the things that, that I've seen have, have really surprised me at how well done they were. Um, I mean, this year's batch, I think, is really knockout. Okay. Uh, stands out very well. I think a lot of these movies are going to go really far. Mm-hmm. One of the ones I think is going to go really far is Prince Avalanche. I just feel mm-hmm. like that one is going to... I think because of the big actors, Paul Rudd, Emile Hirsch, and the director, David Gordon Green, I just feel like this is, that's the type of movie that really will connect well with, with audiences. Yeah. But every, most of everything I've seen has been really nice, and I, yeah. I've really enjoyed uh, the festival this year. So, mm-hmm. you guys agree? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that about covers it. Uh, thank you all for listening to this podcast, or Trebekah podcast, or Trebekah Spectacular. Um, I want to thank all my writers, Ife, Isabel, and Bob. Thank you all. Um, again, I'm Jeremy. And just a reminder, for more excellent Trebekah coverage and just great arts coverage in general, read the Washington Square News. It's the best newspaper ever. And go to our website at nyunews.com. And please visit our, our arts blog, where you get tons and tons and tons of great arts content, which is WSNHighletter.com. So I'm going to repeat that. That's NYUNews.com and WSNHighletter.com. Thank you all so much. Thank you for being here and have a great day.